0: Hello, listeners. I hope you have been enjoying Helen of the Iron Horse. I have something special to announce, starting with this episode, and then slowly I will both replace the old ones and continue with what is to come. My wife, Helen, will be taking on the role of Helen. Appropriate, isn't it? When I began this podcast, it was a way of sharing my book with my friends in the Trans Lounge. They have been very supportive of me and have been encouraging me to continue week after week, and without their love and their support this would not have been possible. But it began as me simply reading my book to them. I think I am capable of better. I have been adding Helen to the cast on occasion. So far she has portrayed the roles of Pollyanna and Penelope. I had wished from the very beginning that she could have been Helen. so from now on she will be now please enjoy the first episode featuring the actual helen as the fictional helen thank you the edge of the world art studio is proud to present helen of the iron horse written by paris danielle lee artwork by helen rachel lee music by fish zombie the onions and special thanks to spooky the cat for her contributions fuzzy
1: as they might be. Chapter 32. Don't be so melodramatic. I love riding with Paris. I got to hold her openly with no fear that Odysseus would think I was getting too familiar. As we rode, Paris would sing songs. She sang them just loud enough for me alone to hear them, and they timed out with the beat of Pony's Hooves. My favorite was an Irish song her father taught her. It was about a girl who had gotten married to an old man and found him unsatisfactory in the bedroom. She would sneak out to the barn to meet a lover. As Paris sang the song, she would continually change the lover's pronouns from he to she. The song made me laugh, and we would sing the chorus together. When we reached the city, it was a day later, and I was tired and sore. I could only imagine Paris and Pony felt the same. She found a place for Pony in a public stable but she took the time to take care of the horse herself. She brushed her lovingly, fed her extra, kissed her goodnight, promising to return to her as soon as it was possible. Odysseus fumed at the delay, and when Paris was done and ready to go, his words were short and angry.
0: I'm going to the telegraph office,
1: said Odysseus. Don't get
0: mad at me. You're the one that decides where we're going. I just keep us alive when we get there.
1: Paris yawned and stretched as she spoke.
0: Coming here was not my decision,
1: Odysseus grumbled.
0: No, your decision was to go to that godforsaken fort. That place is jinxed,
1: said Paris.
0: I don't think you're taking this seriously. Every time I have to kill a man, I take it seriously. I'm going to the telegraph office. There is a hotel a block from here. Take Helen there, and I will meet you when it's done. Lock yourselves in and don't leave. Don't go shopping. ''Is that an
1: order, sir?'' asked Paris.
0: ''That is
1: an order.'' ''Anna! Oscar! It's been a long trip, and it's going to get longer. I appreciate everything you've been doing for me, both of you. Now, if we're going to make it, we can't start sniping at each other. Anna and I are going to the hotel. We promise to lock ourselves into the nicest room we can find, and we won't leave until morning. We'll meet up with you for breakfast.''
0: Breakfast,
1: Odysseus complained. I'm tired and I'm sore, and I'm sure you two are as well. Go and do what you need to do, but by the time you get back, I will most likely be naked in a tub and I don't want to be disturbed. We'll see you in the morning. I didn't wait for an answer. I took Paris's hand, turned, and left the stables. Paris tipped her hat at Odysseus and smiled at his frustration. The hotel was beautiful. It was built as an imitation of the grand hotels in Europe. It was easily the largest building in the city and impossible to miss. It was over four stories tall. Every employee was decked out like little storybook military officers with bright red coats and shiny gold buttons. They walked stiffly, smartly, bowing, curtsying, and speaking in British accents. I don't know if this is what hotels look like in Paris or London, But the effort to go above what was expected made me smile. Paris stepped up to the counter. She had her saddlebags on her shoulder, and I stood quietly beside her.
0: I need a room,
1: said Paris.
0: Is it for the two of you, or will you need separate rooms?
1: Asked the clerk. Do you have a honeymoon suite? I asked.
0: We do, and it's available. Is that what you'd wish?
1: The clerk looked back and forth between us.
0: Yes, please.
1: Paris smiled at me.
0: Very good. If you would please sign here.
1: The man turned the hotel's ledger around to face Paris. I watched her as she wrote Anna and Helen Lee. The clerk spun the ledger back around to face him.
0: Would you like the maids to draw you a bath?
1: Oh, yes, please. I was unable to hide my joy.
0: Also, could you send up a selection of fruit, cheese, and bread? Asked Paris. Of course, miss. Would you like to choose from our wine list? No, just bring up some clean water to drink. Very good, miss.
1: The man gave a slight bow and once again spun the ledger around to face Paris. Paris looked down at it, opened her saddlebag, and pulled out Menelaus's billfold. Removing some of the money, she set it on the counter and slid it back to the clerk. He rang the bell on the desk, and the bellhop appeared as if magic. Paris handed the man her saddlebags, the only luggage we'd brought with us. The clerk handed the bellhop a key... And the three of us left to find the room. Once inside the room, I felt somehow like a kid again. There were three adjoining rooms. A bedroom with a large fluffy bed, a drawing room with a harpsichord, and a bath with running water. The bellhop showed us everything the room had to offer, then handed Paris the key and bowed as she tipped him. He left quietly.
0: Would you like to do the honors?
1: Paris pointed at the door. I stepped up to it and held my breath. I reached out and slowly turned the lock myself. I wasn't locked in. The rest of the world was locked out. And the difference was everything to me. I turned to Paris and she kissed me. She then picked me up and carried me to the bedroom. When the maids finally arrived to draw the bath, we didn't open the door. We sent them away telling them we had changed our mind. And when the food arrived, Paris told them to leave it outside the door. And when... They were safely out of our sight she slipped out into the hall covered in only the sheet off the bed she snuck the tray of food in and closed and locked the door behind her when she looked at me i would smile when i smiled she would kiss me when she kissed me i would touch her and when i touched her the world became perfect when i awoke the next morning i found paris in the drawing room reading a newspaper and drinking a cup of coffee I laughed a little at how unbelievably domestic the scene was. <laughs> "'Good morning, my love,' I said. "'What time is it?' Paris checked the clock on the mantel before answering.
0: Eleven thirty. 30 I was letting you sleep in.'
1: "'You shouldn't have. I'm going to miss the day with you.'
0: "'Don't worry. I'll make it up to you.'
1: "'Where's Odie?'
0: "'He got another room somewhere in the hotel. He sent me five notes already, demanding our presence.'
1: <laughs> Paris held up five separate sheets of paper.
0: I sent the messenger back each time telling him you were sleeping and that we'd see him when you woke up. But each time a note shows up, the handwriting gets a little darker.
1: (laughs) Poor Odie. If the world isn't just right, he gets so frustrated.
0: Well, he's driving me insane. If I have to listen to him talk down to me one more time, I may just shoot him and have it done with.
1: Don't do that. I really did promise Penelope I would send him home in one piece.
0: Your astronomy teacher?
1: It was astrology, but yeah, Penelope is his wife.
0: I thought his wife's name was Lucy.
1: Oh, right, of course, Lucy, same person. I promised not to let any harm come to him before I send him home. Also, we need him to talk the Baron into hiring you on as my permanent bodyguard. Don't let him know we're married or he won't do it, so... As a favor to me, don't shoot him. He really is my friend.
0: My gun is at your command.
1: (laughs) It's not your gun I want from you now. I walked up to her and kissed her on the lips. She tasted like sugar and coffee. The world became perfect. When we finally caught up with Odysseus, it was for an early supper in the hotel's restaurant. And though he seemed frustrated, he was not as mad as I thought he was going to be.
0: It's 4 p.m. What have you been doing all
1: day? He asked as Paris pulled out my chair and I sat. I've spent all day in bed. It's been a long journey and I was very tired. Anna and I decided it was best if we stayed in. The room was secure and we're safe there. So until things get settled, there was no reason to leave. But I'm feeling energized and restless now.
0: You could have at least let me come up so we could talk.
1: Oscar, honestly, you know it's inappropriate for a married man to visit unmarried women in their hotel room?
0: What's the plan?
1: asked Paris.
0: From the beginning, we knew that the easiest route would be the transcontinental line, but we didn't take it because it was also the most dangerous. If someone was planning to kidnap Helen, they would assume that's where we were going and wait for us. But it would seem now it's our only option. To make it safer, they're sending a train just for us. It will be an express going straight to Denver, and then the baron's private engine will be waiting for us to take us to the camp. Once we're en route, it should take us four days. Three, if we can get the engineer to push the throttle. But that train has to be arranged, and the track needs to be cleared. It will be ready the day after tomorrow.
1: The waiter came by. Paris ordered more fruit and cheese. I decided to go with a Cornish game hen with potatoes. Odysseus had already eaten, When the waiter was done with the order, I asked him, We're going to be here for a few days. Is there anything to do?
0: Do you enjoy theater?
1: The waiter asked. I don't know. I've never been to one.
0: There's a theater across the street. They're opening a new play, The Amazing Adventures of Ajax, Captain of the Cavalry. Everyone is looking forward to seeing it. Would you like me to ask the concierge to acquire tickets for you?
1: Oh, yes! That sounds wonderful! Two tickets, please, I said, holding up my fingers, indicating the number of tickets.
0: Three tickets,
1: interrupted Odysseus.
0: You're not going anywhere outside this hotel without me.
1: Oh, of course. Sorry, didn't mean to exclude you. Three tickets, please.
0: Very good, miss. I'll be back shortly. Ajax, captain of the cavalry?
1: Paris asked with suspicion in her voice. "'It's from a series of Penny Dreadfuls. I've read a few of them. They're westerns, you know, gunslingers and outlaws, saving the damsel in distress. At the last moment, you should love it,' I said.
0: "'As long as you don't find a reason to shoot one of the actors, it will probably make a pleasant evening,'
1: Odysseus joked.
0: "'That's very funny. I'm laughing on the inside,'
1: said Paris, without even the slightest hint of laughter in her voice." The theater was crowded, yet somehow the concierge had managed to get us box seats. He'd bought four tickets, so we had the box to ourselves, and an extra chair. It gave us room to stretch out. I sat between Odysseus and Paris, and entangled in the folds of my dress so that Odysseus could not see, Paris held my hand. The lanterns in the house were being put out by the ushers, leaving only the footlights on stage to light the enormous curtain— It was a deep red velvet, and it looked like it was on fire as it rose slowly into the air. Behind it was the facade of a run-down, dilapidated-looking town. There was a sign stage right that said, Welcome to Tombstone. A man wearing a tuxedo stepped onto stage, reading directly from a script. He began to speak as an unseen organ played Flight of the Bumblebee."
0: Once again, we go back to the days of yesteryear, to the legends of the Wild West, where one man stood for justice and freedom. The Orion Theater is proud to present The Amazing Adventures of Ajax, Captain of the Cavalry.
1: A man entered wearing a cavalry uniform. It was a brighter blue than the uniform should have been, and all the accents on it were bright yellow. He waved at the audience as they cheered.
0: Huzzah!
1: The fake Ajax yelled. Huzzah! The audience yelled back at him.
0: For justice!
1: He yelled again. For "For justice!" justice! The audience yelled back to him when a small girl dressed in boys' clothing carrying newspapers entered and began to yell out.
0: Extra! Extra! The reaper strikes again! What?
1: Paris stood from her chair.
0: Shh! Sit down! "'It's only a play,'
1: Odysseus chided Paris. She sat looking at me and then looking back at the stage. "'Sorry, I don't know what's going on. I've only read a couple of the novels, and none of them were about the Reaper,' I explained. Paris sat down, her arms folded across her chest.
0: "'Over here, boy. I'll take one of your papers,'
1: said the fake Ajax as the kid crossed the stage to hand him a paper.
0: "'What do I owe you, boy?' No charge for you, Captain Ajax. You're my hero, said the girl on stage. Of course I am. Now, tell me about this Reaper, asked the fake Ajax. The Reaper? He's about the meanest, dirtiest, cheatinest villain that ever rode through the West. They say he killed ninety-nine men, and he's looking to make it a hundred. Is that true? Then I must bring this man to justice, for I will not rest until every criminal is behind bars, and this wicked land has found the Lord.
1: The fake Ajax held out a Bible. That wasn't in the book. What's this garbage about finding the Lord, I asked. Shh,
0: you can't take it too seriously. It's just a play,
1: Odysseus explained.
0: I need to speak to this reporter. Tell me, boy.
1: Do you know- The fake Ajax looked closer at the paper, holding it to his eyes. Oscar Rightway, He asked. Odysseus sat up straight. I'm Oscar Rightway, The girl playing Oscar announced proudly. What? Odysseus stood from his chair. Shh! Don't take it too seriously. It's just a play, I told him, as Paris and I tried to hold back our laughter.
0: But I didn't ride it. I can't read or write. My boss wrote it, but she put it in my name because she's a girl and good girls shouldn't have to work.
1: Here she comes now, Miss Lucy, Miss Lucy. The actor playing Odysseus called off stage. When a woman in a peach-colored dress and a parasol glided onto the stage, stopping before the footlights, she raised one finger to her chin, pointing, she curtsied deeply to the audience. The audience let out a loud aww. Aww. Oscar, dear, how are the papers selling? Asked the fake Penelope. Just swell,
0: Miss Lucy. But Miss Lucy, Captain Ajax is here and he wants to talk to
1: you. Captain Ajax? Here? In Tombstone? The fake Penelope looked amazed at the audience.
0: Okay, I just want to get one thing straight,
1: Odysseus whispered to Paris and I.
0: Lucy is not my boss.
1: Don't lie to yourself. That's rule one, I whispered back.
0: She is not my boss, and I wrote every article I ever put in a paper,
1: explained Odysseus. Shh,
0: don't take it too seriously. It's just a play,
1: whispered Paris to Odysseus. By the time our attention had drawn back to the play, we had missed something— and now the actor playing Penelope was kneeling in front of a minister. "'Lord Jesus!' she said with her hands folded and her eyes staring into the rafters of the theatre. "'Please give me the guidance to find the villainous scoundrel they call the Reaper! Give Captain Ajax the chance to do your bidding and bring the man to justice! And in return, I will give up my sinful job as a reporter and take a husband as the Lord intended!' I wonder if there's any way to sue this writer for libel, or is it slander, I asked, but no one answered.
0: The Lord has heard your prayers, sister. Now, with patience, we must wait for his answer.
1: The priest said as he set his hand on the fake Penelope's head. The organ music picked up with a deep, dark sting of music as a man dressed all in black with a black cape and a black top hat entered the stage. His hair was slicked with grease, and he had a large handlebar mustache. He stepped downstage, hunched over, and shook his fist at the audience as they booed at him. Boo! Boo!
0: The Reaper!
1: exclaimed the minister. The Reaper! yelled the child version of Oscar on stage. The Reaper! yelled the fake Penelope. <laughs> the Reaper! laughed Paris. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny! She couldn't help but double over laughing. What's so funny, I asked. (laughs) The mustache.
0: Luke would have loved the mustache. He would have totally grown one if he could.
1: Paris couldn't hold back her laughter, and the actors and the audience turned to look up at our booth.
0: I'm sorry. Sorry. Please, go on. Go on.
1: Paris called out into the theater.
0: Who's Luke?
1: Asked Odysseus. Seriously, Penelope did not tell you any of these stories? I asked Odysseus.
0: Lucy never told me anything about anyone named Luke. Luke was the Reaper, the real one,
1: whispered Paris.
0: How do you know the Reaper?
1: asked Odysseus. I'm his daughter, said Paris. I thought
0: you were the daughter of the Colorado Kid. I am, said
1: Paris. Then how could you also be the daughter of the Reaper? Odysseus asked. You're a smart guy. You can figure this one out, I said, patting him on the shoulder. You can't stop me, exclaimed the fake Reaper from the stage.
0: I have made a deal with the devil himself. This is a magical gun that will never miss. With it, I have killed Ninety-nine men, and I have collected their souls. When I have my one hundredth Christian soul, my deal with the devil will be complete, and the South will rise again. Ha
1: ha 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 ha! You'll never get away with this, Captain Ajax. Will stop you.
0: Stop me, Captain Ajax. Will help me by being my one hundredth soul. Ha
1: ha 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 ha! Is your gun magical? I asked Paris.
0: The magic is not in the gun. It's in my fingers.
1: Paris held up her hand and wiggled her fingers. Oh, of that I'm aware. And we both laughed.
0: What's so funny now?
1: asked Odysseus. Nothing, Nothing, we both assured him in unison. Oh my! Fake Penelope raises a hand to her forehead and faints. The fake reaper caught her.
0: You tell Captain Ajax to meet me out on the streets of Tombstone at high noon. If he ever wants to see this girl again. Ha 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 ha.
1: He told the priest and the fake Odysseus before he carried fake Penelope off stage. Oh, look, she got kidnapped. It's kind of nice to know other people have to worry about that, too. Sometimes I feel like I'm the only one. I joked as the fake Ajax returned to the stage.
0: ''Huzzah!''
1: yelled the fake Ajax to the audience. ''Huzzah!'' Huzzah! the audience yelled back at him. ''Boo!'' (laughs) called Paris, but nobody heard her over everyone else's huzzahs.
0: ''Lucy! Lucy, I have returned to confess my love for you! Lucy!''
1: The fake Ajax held his hand above his eyes, searching around the stage and into the audience, as the fake Oscar ran onto the stage.
0: ''Captain Ajax!'' "'It's Miss Lucy. She's been kidnapped!'
1: The girl placed a hand on each of her cheeks and stared open-mouthed, eyes wide, into the audience.
0: "'Kidnapped? Who would do such a dastardly thing?'
1: asked the fake Ajax.
0: "'Captain, it was the Reaper. He says if you don't come and get her at high noon, he's gonna kill her. He wants a showdown. He said he's gonna make you the 100th kill.'
1: ''Did Luke ever kidnap any women?'' I asked.
0: ''Absolutely not. He never kidnapped anyone. This is completely ridiculous.''
1: Paris replied.
0: ''Although, he did tell me once he went out with a girl named Lucy. Supposedly, they went out a couple of times, and he was tempted to pursue her.'' ''Wait. My Lucy? The Reaper dated my Lucy.'' ''I don't know if it was your Lucy. I just know it was a Lucy.'' Lucy is a very common name.
1: That explains why she never told you about him. No one likes to talk about their ex-boyfriends, I speculated.
0: My wife did not date the Reaper,
1: Odysseus yelled, while at the same time still managing to whisper. Paris and I couldn't help but laugh. I have to save Miss Lucy, exclaimed the fake Ajax from the stage. But Captain, if you go and he kills you, the South will rise again,' protested the fake Odysseus.
0: "'I must go and face him. "'I cannot risk him harming Miss Lucy. "'Then take some men with you and ambush him,'
1: suggested the fake Oscar.
0: "'I will put no one else at risk. "'As for an ambush, that is the coward's way. "'He has called me out, and it is a matter of honor that I meet him draw to draw.' "'A quick-draw contest?' Luke taught me never go into battle with your gun in your holster
1: mumbled paris but you can quick draw i whispered back to her
0: yeah i can do it anyone can but your aim is worth shit the best way to win a quick draw contest is to have your gun out before the stupid thing begins she replied come with me oscar we must find miss lucy
1: the fake ajax ran off stage followed by the girl playing oscar Once they were clear, the actress playing Lucy was lowered from the rafters. She was wrapped with rope around her middle. She was hanging and kicking her feet and yelling, Help! Save me! She was somehow still holding onto her parasol. The fake reaper entered from the opposite side of the stage. He walked downstage, waved his fist at the audience as they booed him.
0: Boo! Huzzah!
1: yelled Paris. This time, the actor on stage heard her and looked up at our box, puzzled for a moment, and then went back to waving his fist at the audience.
0: I'm kind of hoping he wins this one,
1: said Paris. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee. Artwork by Helen Lee. Performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead, except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the L.A. LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you.